It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. And welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about the house on Haunted Hill from 1999 is picked by Scott. Thanks, Scott, why did you pick this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you do your arms up in the air like oh, and I'm drinking out I'm literally drinking tea out of my the host with the most Kermit the Frog mug. So oh my god. You know, why am I even shocked? I shouldn't be fucking shocked. <laughs> I, I'm shocked every week by something that you do that is childish. <laughs> so the least shocking thing right now is that Scott picked House on Haunted Hill from 1999, a movie that we've talked about on our old podcast, but never talked about on this podcast. And it is like easily, I would say, one of your top like 10 films, right? Ugh. It is and it isn't like... From a nostalgia factor, it's definitely one of my favorite movies that came out when I was in high school. Probably top five, right? But rewatchability as an adult, I don't like watching the whole movie. I like watching scenes from it, you know? So here's the thing with me with this movie. The first time I saw it was way back when you picked it for Reddit Horror Club, which had to be like- Wait, that was the first time you ever saw it? It was the first time I ever saw it. Wow. And I, I watched it. I remember thinking it was fine. Like, but I really enjoyed my watch this time. This is the second time I've ever watched it. I still don't think it's better than another Dark Castle movie that came out. Don't take my double feature. You're taking I'm not my gonna, double feature. I'm not going to say the movie. You're taking my double them. feature. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Dark Castle put out a couple movies. And I think that this was a good start. This was the first one. I think their second movie was better. <laughs> so This movie is dog shit <laughs> oh how oh, dare you you son of a bitch this movie <laughs> sucks they sat in and they were like let's remake house on the haunted hill and they're like okay we're gonna do a shot for shot remake and they're like no let's just remove everything that makes the movie unique and great cool but we're still gonna have it at the end where like the vincent price character who you can tell by his Vincent Price mustache. Yeah, it's awesome. 
stage the whole thing. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do real ghosts. It sucked. I hated it. So you brought up the Vincent Price thing. I need to address this right now because I found this very interesting. Jeffrey Rush never intended to look like Vincent Price in this movie. (laughs) The original screenplay described Stephen Price as just a regular looking businessman. Rush didn't care for this, so he suggested that his character look like the director, John Waters. The director agreed, but when they tested it out, the transformation ended ended up looking more like Vincent Price, and they decided that that was good enough. Yeah, that with mustaches, not thin enough. Yeah. (laughs) Not thin enough, man. Yeah, so he wanted to go... Like, I, I think what I like about this movie is, like, I can't watch it and think, oh, this is a remake of House on Haunted Hill. But, like... If I just watch it for the ridiculous movie that it is, it's like it's got Jeffrey Combs. It's got the most unexplainable cameo from Spike from Buffy and Lisa Loeb. So in this part weird. Of the movie. So fucking yeah. weird. I was like, why are they here? Spike has like zero lines in this movie. Yeah. He and goes, this was like, ah! yeah. and this was like, I was like, maybe this was like just before Buffy. But like, no, Buffy was on for like three years at this point. Like he was a name. That people knew. But I think that Lisa Loeb being in it is so much stranger. That's even more bizarre. Does she have any other movie credits? I I didn't look it up, but... I'm sure, like, very small, small roles. But yeah, that was insane. I'm like, how did that happen? Like, I almost want a documentary about the making of this movie. Because there's so many weird things in it. I will say, a controversial opinion, uh, but probably not controversial opinion... I think this is the best acting job I've ever seen out of Chris Kattan. Uh, you haven't seen Corky Romano. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you guys want some cookies? <laughs> I have that as a fucking note somewhere in here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I did write that note down so that I would remember to make that fucking reference as soon as we started talking about him. But we're missing a couple cool things before that. This was definitely, I mean, like, I, I as I was watching it, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I think this was the first time I I ever saw Jeffrey Combs in a film because I hadn't seen Reanimator in in you know 1999 when I saw this movie, but I sure as fuck watched this movie. So this is the first Jeffrey Combs movie that I ever saw, and I forgot that it was him. That I forgot it was, he was in it um, until we talked about it in Reddit Horror Club, and I was like, that was Jeffrey Rush. Um, but yeah, I, I I love Jeffrey Rush some. Or I mean, uh, Jeffrey Jeffy Combs. Sorry, Jeffy Combs and Jeffrey Rush are both in the movie. First Jeffy Combs I've ever seen. I, I'm not sure if I knew who Jeffrey Rush was at the time. It doesn't really matter. But the other thing I want to talk about is Vanka Jensen. Again, you're welcome. You will also be seeing her in either my next pick or the pick after that because I have no chill. So, so I want to stop real quick to answer your question about Lisa Loeb. She has 33 acting credits. What? Now, there's a bunch that are like voice acting. So I don't know if I count that. And then there's like a handful where she like just plays a comedic version of Lisa Loeb in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine Part 2 and stuff like that. But the movies where she actually plays a character that she acts and is not Lisa Loeb are all horror movies, which leads me to believe that Lisa Loeb is just a big horror buff deep down. That's incredible. That is incredible. It makes me love her so much more. Oh, oh, my God. I know what your double feature is going to be, Matt, and I won't say it. No, but it's not that either. But yeah, that makes sense why she probably gives her song to a ton of horror movies for like super low prices. But yeah, (laughs) super low prices. (laughs) This movie gave me uh, Mandela effect bad because they kicked in with Sweet Dreams 
And I was bam, like, bam, 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 they use this in every single horror movie in this era. And I looked it up just to get you guys a list of like 15 movies that it was in to show how often it was used. It really wasn't used that often. Like in my <laughs> mind, it's used in everything. And it was used in this trick or treat, the following TV show, and then this movie, The Gamer. It was used in the trailer, not in the, the actual gamer. movie. The Gamer. <laughs> well, no, I think it was just Gamer, which is by the, it's the directors who did the Crank movies. Gotcha. I like the whole like amusement park scene. I oh, really do. That, I feel like I shouldn't. That's the reason why I have never and will never ride fucking rides. No way. I'm not going. That's not fun. Megan is like, why won't you ever get on a ride with me? I used to love going on rides. And I'm like, because I don't want to die over a fucking ride for no reason. I don't care that they're super safe. My brain only thinks in in death and destruction. The most yeah. fatal. Yes. So knowing that and, and that feeling of like their, your stomach dropping the first time you watch this movie and the people fucking like the, the fake ones go off the rails uh, and when bike is like oh i'm like yeah that's exactly that's that's what would happen the one time and it would be alanis more set at my funeral going isn't it ironic yeah mm -hmm. i i kind of agree with brian to a certain extent i think that this movie starts a lot stronger than it ends for sure Fuck you guys well i i just because i i love the opening scene like it's got a real like dr giggles vibe going at the start and then, like, you cut to this, like, terrifying but true, like, docu-series. Like, I like all of that. I like the amusement park. I even like the setup of all the characters getting there. And I think it, it is the point where the CGI ghost darkness chasing everybody is kind of where Okay, I'm like, but that okay. does suck. I will yeah. tell you, when I saw this movie in 1999 for the first time, I thought that the ghost darkness looked stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have no... I'm not going to defend that. But the, the way that they fuck with the movements of jeffy combs character oh that stuff's cool before people like took advantage of it and did it too much it looks this cool. is the worst thing about this movie besides the the ghost darkness which was actually quite impressive the way that they built it because it's only based on nude models yeah i don't know i think it's a cool idea but doesn't look good but the worst thing about this movie i i have to get it out of the way that I just realized rewatching it, we would not, if this movie hadn't been made, I don't think that we would have been stuck with those fucking Grave Encounters movies with the stretchy face ghosts. Well, that's what I was actually about to, well, not Grave Encounters. I was about to say, which will probably have Scott kill me, but if this movie didn't have the lineup that it that it had, it would have been on an eight, eight film disc next to Grave Dancers. In my opinion. Grave Dancers is so much later, though. That's the thing. It's like you wouldn't have Grave Dancers without this fucking movie. Is that your sell on this movie? Because that movie was awful. Do you know what this director followed their this film up with, though? What? Because Fear.com. Oh, oh, God. Awful movie. <laughs> I think that's one of the movies that at a young age, I, I think it's one of the few movies at that age that I didn't finish because I'm like, this is just, I, this sucks. Now, I, I, you I, know, I don't think I've ever I don't think that in my entire life of watching horror, if I paid to watch a movie, I mean, before there was there was like Amazon Prime, you know, I never, ever took a movie back without finishing it. A horror movie, yeah. no matter how bad, like there, <laughs> that is crazy. Well, I, and that's the thing that sucks with like all the streaming. Like I, I will always argue that I still. I, I appreciate what streaming allows me to have, but it does take away the, like, if you rented a movie from the video store, it could be fucking sick. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh no, sick is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it could be like low budget, complete shot on home video. Group of friends in the backyard somehow got this shit in a blockbuster. But you're like, look, I paid my three bucks. I'm sitting here and I'm fucking finishing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I just like, did that with Brightburn. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is not a good movie. Why? Matt told you not to. No, I don't think he did. I think we, I, I think he told me it's, unless it was like, no. Oh, I remember when Matt saw it. Yeah. But Matt saw like 15 movies a day. I couldn't keep track of what was good. <laughs> what so, so there are two things that I really, well, there's one thing that I love in this movie and it's that it's Stephen Price's worker when he has his face, face like just dude, that effect looks fucking awesome like i love that effect but like and i don't feel like i'm taking anyone's double feature and i apologize if i do just don't say anything and still pick it as your double feature but there's a certain point in this movie where it just feels like a, a horror version of who's afraid of virginia wolf <laughs> Because it's just a group of guests feeling awkward while a married couple fights. Like, <laughs> that is the weirdest reference. No, no one on this podcast is going to double feature anything with who's a friend fucking Virginia Wolf. I love hey, that. Hey, Brian, movie. this might be a double feature up your alley. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? That movie's crazy. What a kooky film. <laughs> Wowzer. The, you know who he just became? He just became Bash from Glow. <laughs> I will say, Scott, the one thing you saw me on is how the the actors dressed up like other actors, like Jeffy Combs dressed up as John Waters and Chris Kattan dressed up as Jeffy Combs. I was a big fan of that. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got, you, you're such an ass. That, you know what, though? I'm going to spank you so hard next time I see you. I will say. My buns will be ready in 2021. You, you take Chris Kattan out of that role and you put Jeffrey Combs in that role. And I think I like this movie even more. Because <laughs> like, the biggest problem with this movie is not enough Jeffrey Combs actually talking. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I love so much about this movie. I mean, it really, the intro is great. And I think that all of the scenes in the basement are phenomenal until the ghosts come out. Yeah, I love the like the weird corpses in the glass cases down there. Like, yeah. I think that the set design of this movie is really, really cool, actually. I was talking about this when I was on the Jersey Ghouls a couple weeks ago. And like... Wait, did you did you discuss this movie on the Jersey Ghouls? Uh, no, we were talking about William Castle movies in oh, okay. general. But we were talking about the original House on Haunted Hill. And I was like, man, there's been so many good adaptations of that story without ever being faithful to the story. <laughs> <laughs> And this is just like another example of it. That doesn't matter, though. It's fine. I have a question for you guys. Do you remember when Allie Larder had a future in horror? Yeah. <laughs> had a future in film at all? Like, what the fuck has she done? Is she uh, still working yeah. at all? Well, we've talked about this before. I, I call that the Skeet Ulrich effect. <laughs> um, like, no, he's he's getting that he's getting that Riverdale money, dude. Yeah, but think about all the time between, like, 1998 and Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. There's a long he break He wasn't as good as it gets. That's, like, the last time anyone cared about <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. No one cared about Skeet Ulrich and as good as it gets. Trust me, not even Skeet Ulrich cared about himself know, in that movie. Like, because you have to remember that there was, like, Scream, The Craft, and as, as Good As It Gets all came out within, like, two or three years from each, each other. And everyone was like, he's the next big thing. Like, he's going to be huge. And he then, wasn't. And Spoiler then he wasn't. alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, he's not like a really good actor or anything like that. They... By the way, I, I have your answer for what happened with her career now that I'm looking at it. You know, she started out strong. 
You know, she did Varsity Blues. Yeah! She did Drive Me Crazy. <laughs> she did House on Haunted Hill. She did Final Destination, Legally Blonde. Like, things are going good. Then she did Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Little, little bit of a dip. <laughs> <laughs> then she did Final Destination 2. Little further of a dip. And then she did a lot about love, and that's where her career just ceases to be. <laughs> well, she almost, she almost saved it when she was in Homo Erectus. Uh, and play the character Fardart. Um, <laughs> what? Are you joking? Is, no, 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 I'm on National, IMDb with Matt. Also, <laughs> also, named, also named National Lampoon's Stone Dage, starring the director of Invisible Maniac. Wait, oh did I? God. He liked Stone Age, right? And, Wait, is no, no, the Stone. No, we're thinking of you're thinking of the Stone Age, which was the yeah. days the confused ripoff yeah. that we will talk about on the Patreon sometime. I don't know when, but soon. Uh, but no, the the National Lampoon Stone Age is the one that I always confuse with the good one. So gotcha. Homo Erectus, also known as Stone Age, starring, written, and directed by Adam Rifkin the writer and director of Invisible Maniac, Psycho Cop Returns, and Detroit Rock City. And uh, Small Soldiers, right? Oh, he wrote Small Soldiers. Okay, uh, but Directed you. by Joe Dante. Okay. But it's also starring Ali Lauder and David Carradine. What the shit? What the shit? So weird. And Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Don't say that name around your brother. He's going to make us watch that butcher, Andre the Butcher movie. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. God here. damn it. I'm just waiting for it to be able to stream. I've already <laughs> I've already called Prime a few times. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling to see if you're going to get Andre the, the Butcher. Listen, lady, I'll tell you when we get Adam's family values. <laughs> so what do you think are the four top films on IMDb for Ron Jeremy's filmography? Not porn. Boondock Saints. He's well, in Boondock Saints. better be on there. Orgasmo. Yeah. Detroit nice. Rock City. Okay. And, and 54. Never saw 54. I saw three of those, though. 54, yeah. like Studio 54, where yeah. Ryan Phillippe, or... Yeah. Yeah, Ryan he Phillippe, plays, yeah. He plays the character of Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I finally watched 54 last year, and I understand why it was such a flop. That movie is boring as shit. It's supposed to be about <laughs> sex and drugs, and it's just boring. I feel like it came out the same time as Boogie Nights, and it was just overwhelming that Boogie Nights was supposedly the better movie. So. And, and I've never seen Boogie Nights. Should I watch it? I mean, do you have a week available? But you do get to see Mark Wahlberg's fake penis at the end. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I knew about that. That's not going to stop. That's not a deterrent. I'm just saying that I don't have three hours to watch anything. It's a deterrent for me. Once once I heard the word fake, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so House on Haunted Hill, what else yeah. we got to talk about here? Double features? No, no. Matt, or Brian, rather, always talks about how in, like, the early 2000s, every death metal band would, like, use quotes from movies, like, mm -hmm. right before a breakdown. And I wish, I can't believe that no one ever used Vanka being like, who the fuck are all of you? And because that would be amazing because you're like, who the fuck are all of you? Doom, 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 doom. Like, I don't know. It's like fucking, that would be great to open up a pit to. Um, the, best, the best one is the one that Brian made. Which he, you remember how Memphis is laid to rest opens by Norma Jean, where it's the like, uh, that was me and Eric Biggest. That was a Dude. tag team effort. Last names. Uh, so they, no, no. This is an honor. Biggest one's credit. And, 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 and he deserves way more credit than me because he was the one who actually put it together. So they mixed the thing with Oliver <laughs> Twist. 
where it's Oliver Twist going, please, please sir, can I have some more? And he goes, more! <laughs> where is that? Dude, I need it's to so hear good. What? Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> you know what the song on that album was? What? Um, California Love, uh, California Love Radio. Remember that? That was no. the second song we did together. Yeah, it was um, it was a mashup between <laughs> California Love and uh, Gorilla Radio. And then, like, once it stops, California Love. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> Let me see. I don't have any of those on my computer, but I do have the... <laughs> All right, so on iTunes... They their band name was Dirty Dan and the Dust Bunnies, <laughs> and they uploaded all of the music onto my computer under the album "It's Techno Time," and then under genre they just wrote only the greatest genre ever. <laughs> oh, dude, we were like, how old were we? We were young. It was man. it was from two thousand six. So. No, we were sixteen. We weren't that young. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, One I'm... of the songs is called Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I think Jesus. those are like the shitty garage band ones. Yeah, the, the song titles are Crappy for External Use Only, Ode to Eric, Phantom of the Opera, Poor Lake Corpse, Semi Crappy, and Tsunami with a T. <laughs> oh, Tsunami with a T, dude. That was a good one. <laughs> That was either on the album uh, I'm So Happy I'm Emo or Back in Black Chuck Taylors. <laughs> God, you're so clever and so stupid. <laughs> That's basically just the Kelly legacy is so smart but so stupid. I have a quote written down that just says, I was adopted. Yeah, that's, that's Omar Epps at the very end. Yeah. Well, but we need to talk about, I mean, like, the fashion of this of 1999 uh 1999 when men were men and women had the stringiest bangs imaginable because ali larder keeps like bah, bah, bah. these little stringy ass bangs they probably put moose on you know like they ha she has her hair back and just the little stringy you remember that shit yeah no i remember it i remember i'm it. pretty excited for pen 15 season two. <laughs> oh, matt finally got on I was going to say, I, I won't talk about it as a double feature, but I did finally watch Pen15 because we did an episode of it for Jolie's podcast. Starring the hottest chick ever. It's some good shit. You know who else had a promising career? I sort of was uh, Sonya Blade. I don't remember yeah. her name, but, but yeah. you know, she, Bridget Wilson. Uh, I, I actually was like, what else was she in besides Mortal Kombat? And I went down a little rabbit hole, found out that she was Miss Teen USA in 1990. So uh, she was 17 at the time. So she's 26 in this movie. Um, I don't know what happened those those nine years, but uh, yeah, that's what they did. Brian, you know who she is, though, from something completely other than Mortal Kombat. What's that? She's Veronica Vaughn. She's so one piece of ace. ace. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that she's in that movie. Yeah. And I know what you did last summer. Yes. Yeah, I, I did say that to Megan. I was I was like, oh, I watched House of Hunter Hill 99. It's so fun. And and I was like, she was like, oh, what's your double feature going to be? I know what you did last summer. I was like, no, it's not going to be. I know what you did last summer. But that's a pretty good idea. And I love you for thinking of that. <laughs> Very last thing I want to say is the Blackburn, the doctor. Um, so Vanka Jensen's character gets electrocuted 
is quote unquote dead, but she's not dead. She just got injected with a something to make her heart rate slow down, whatever. Blackburn is her lover, comes downstairs, injects her. Well, no, he comes downstairs, he kisses her mouth, and then finger blasts her as she's dead and says, cool, which is fucked up. But yeah, so then he injects her and she wakes up and kisses him back. And you're like, oh, but um, I also do love the best, the absolute best line that Gorky Romano has in this movie is he goes, because it's a fucking house. And I've said that so many times in my life, and it's that's embarrassing that I've said that. But no, you know, you can't quote fucking House on Hill ninety nine. No one's gonna know, <laughs> you know. We uh, will now. Now, yeah, now I'll know. Every time you yell it, I'll be like, I'm oh. probably never gonna say it again in my entire fucking life. Did you guys see the post credit scene when it was on VHS? So no. So here's the thing. I was like, okay, I'm. I put all of this off until yesterday. So I watched this. You Brian kelly it. Yeah, I, well, a little bit. I, I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm going to watch it first thing in the morning, and then I'm going to hop in the shower, and then I'm going to throw on a couple episodes of Daria while I fold shirts because I'm doing an episode of Daria for my favorite episode of and I'm trying to, like, rewatch the whole series for it. Um, but, like, the credits came up, and I was like, all right, time to shower. And then as I was putting the disc back into the case, I noticed that, like, there was a chapter after closing credits and I was like, ah, it's probably not that important. And I closed it up and called it a day. So what was the post credits thing? You see that, um, price and Vanka. Yeah. Um, they are strapped to the table in the past, quote unquote, getting vivisected, you know, while they're alive by, um, Jeffy Combs and the, the, fucked up nurse and everything like that oh you know one thing that we didn't even talk about what i loved in this movie is and i'll make it short when price gets locked in the uh saturation chamber oh, that, and has that scene is dope that yeah. scene is really really cool yeah i love that scene that scene actually was very very disturbing to me that when i saw it you know 1999 um but yeah like i i, I just love the stuff anything with jeffy combs is so great in this movie because yeah. it's super creepy i look i want the record to show that i am not the anti- House on Haunted Hill, I, again, just think that there was one film that Dark Castle made that was a little bit better than this, but, like, I would have welcomed a ton of these movies. I would have been so for them doing multiple, like, 90s remakes of old William Castle movies. Like, fucking give me a modern version of Straight Jacket or Doctor or Mr. Sardou or, like, any of those crazy movies that he made. Like, sign me up. Tingler, give me a fucked up weird 90s, like, Brian Yesna version of the Tangler. Like, I will watch it and love it. That would be sick. Yeah. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the what? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
So anyway, Scott, double feature. Let's hear it. I'm not going to pick. Well, I'll, I'll, the one that I was not going to pick is actually the scariest haunted house movie I've seen as an adult, which is The Conjuring. Okay. Yeah. That movie fucked me up when I watched it for the yeah, first time. I watched it alone. Uh, I don't know where Megan was, but I watched it alone um, with the lights on <laughs> and dogs near me. And I was pretty petrified now i haven't seen anything else in the in that universe like i haven't seen any annabelle's and i haven't seen the conjuring 2 or whatever strictly due to the fact that the conjuring is so fucking good that i don't want to have it sullied by you know things in the in that universe that take away from it but it's i, I find that movie to be really really scary and i can i i guess that i am confident enough in my horrorness and my masculinity to say like that movie really scared the shit out of me i will do a double feature of uh, and i know that i've picked this before i have to because it's one of my all-time favorite movies but you got jeffrey combs you got someone learning about the house while watching some type of like unsolved mysteries style show i'm going with the frighteners baby nice nice my body is a roadmap of pain all right brian what's your double that feature was, that was my backup but my double feature is and i haven't seen it since a child so in my mind the better movie would be the haunting god damn it that's not uh so i can't remember i think Dude, this the, haunting is is the haunting is so bad yeah the haunting i saw the bad. haunting in theaters and it yeah. it was hard that was a uh, movie that, watch. the movie that i was referencing that was the better dark castle movie was 13 ghosts i, I knew that you were gonna say that yeah 13 ghosts i think is a fun movie so 13 Ghosts is fun and it's got better pacing than House on Haunted Hill 99, but I think that House on Haunted Hill 99 is more my thing. Although I've I've done the the Torn Prince from um from 13 Ghosts. Scott, what is a movie that you want to talk about that you've seen? I'm embarrassed to say that I watched a lot of shit recently, so I have a couple things to talk about. Is that okay? Yeah, just rock through them like kind of quickly. So I watched After Midnight when it, the day it came out. And after midnight uh, would be kind of a, a a nice double feature with House on Haunted Hill ninety nine because it features very heavily a Lisa Loeb song. But anyway, yeah. that that's also you know Lisa Loeb apparently loves horror or else she wouldn't have let them have that for probably pennies um, because it's not like they had a lot of money for that movie. It's a great film. Watch it. I loved it. Matt, it was one of Matt's favorite movies from. Uh, Fantastic Fest. It was. It was year. my. It was that and Worm were like tied as my favorite movie mm-hmm. from Fantastic Fest. It's a very fun, good time. Uh, it's by the same guys that did the Battery, and Matt and I both appreciated the Battery for its what it did with nothing. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> they had no money. They had no anything, and they made a pretty compelling film. I, it's not for me. I don't like zombies movies, and I don't. I mean, it was just basically like a lot of talking, but they really stepped it up for After Midnight, and I re- really loved it. And then I watched bmx bandits on amazon prime do you guys oh, know what shit i know of the vhs cover for bmx bandits that's yeah. about it yeah it's it's not a good movie it's nicole kidman's first movie you know i didn't even watch the whole thing i watched about three quarters of it and then all i wanted to do was just watch fucking turbo kid so i mean i didn't watch turbo kid because i wanted to really dedicate time to enjoying turbo kid because i love that movie so much but man they the beats that they hit in Turbo Kid are so good. It's so because like BMX Bandits is authentic. It's from it's of the time, and then you know Turbo Kid is a pastiche. <laughs> they killed it. I finished a book. It's called Love uh, the Book of Dust 
La Belle Sauvage, which is his dark material. But I finished the first installment of the prequel trilogy to his dark material. And it's really, really, really good. And, and uh, Megan has finished the second book called The Secret Commonwealth in the prequel trilogy. And she didn't like it as much, but I'm going to start that soon. Look at our cultured ass podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my shit. Thanks for listening. All right. Uh, I'm going to be real quick. I saw uh, Gretel and Hansel. And it's, I mean, it's not like a masterpiece or anything, but it was a very cool, unique movie um i i had a weird um, let me pitch this to you guys on the air i had a weird idea because uh i think that you could make a really interesting anthology film of like modern twists on grim fairy tales uh so that's now sitting in my banks as an idea i love that idea because i don't think that grim fairy tales can sustain a whole movie they can't be yeah. yeah i don't i don't think that they've ever done well sustaining a whole movie um but yeah if you had like four or five of them where they're super gruesome that would be yeah. phenomenal That's because they originally were. <laughs> well, and like this movie does, it's a PG 13, but it doesn't feel like a PG 13. And they were smart enough with like keeping it short. Like it's like an hour and 20. Nice. Someone's like, why did they fuck up the name and switch it around? Cause it's Gretel's story. Like the movie is about Gretel. It's not a retelling of Hansel and Gretel. It's like a reinterpretation of that story from like a feminist perspective. But how about you, Brian? What do you got? I watched Jojo Rabbit. And that's kind of relevant when I brought up the the metal the metal music. Like, I think it was a great movie. It would have been my favorite movie eight years ago when it when those types of movies blew me away. You know, like yeah. like when I first saw The Way Way Back, it to me it was just such a unique way of telling a story and just films that that <laughs> that feel. I think it's really good, and I think that people who haven't seen the movie are going to be horrified by my comment. And people that have seen the movie will know exactly what I was talking about was every time Hitler was on screen, I would just be filled with joy. Like, I yeah. just wanted more screen time with <laughs> with the guy playing Hitler. Wait, are you saying you wanted more screen time for Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you ever think that we were going to get a producer's reference on horror movie night? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it only took us 240 something episodes, but we're finally there, guys. We can wrap it up. We're done. <laughs> so that was House on Haunted Hill from 1999. As picked by Scott, uh, tune in next week when we're going to be discussing a horror movie sequel that I watched when I was so, so young and it stuck with me. And it's not a very good sequel, but I love the original movie. But we already talked about the original movie, and I felt like wanting to talk about it again, so I picked the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) So strap on in for that, guys. Uh, And also check out our show notes for all the links to our social medias and our Patreons and all of that other good stuff. Thanks for listening. Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts, movies made of paper, wherever you get your podcasts. Free!
At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.